Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As the MLB trade deadline approaches, both sides of town have some decisions to make. So... Who should stay and who should go? Should I stay or should I go now? With Bruce Levine and David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. You know what that music means? It means it's time to speculate the trade deadline less than a week away now, next Friday, July 30th. And we are here to speculate away to the music of The Clash. With Bruce Levine, I'm David Haw. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score until 11, 11 o'clock. So, Bruce, where do you want to start? Because should I stay or should I go? The Cubs have a long list of players that you ask that question or asking themselves that very question this morning. We talked about Anthony Rizzo. Make a good case for him. Possibly the Yankees or the Red Sox. What Should he stay? Should he go? Is it in the Cubs' best interest to try to make a deal for Anthony Rizzo? You know, that, that that has to be handled on a couple different layers, David. Uh, are you are you talking to Anthony Rizzo and saying, Anthony, we want you back. We're going to offer you a contract after the year. We want you to be uh, finish the rest of your career as a Chicago Cub. But we're trading you uh, uh, or doing our the best we can to trade you to get more valuable pieces back for our runs in 22, 23, 24 at the deadline. Are those conversations going on? Jed Hoyer told us uh, 10 days ago, David, uh, when I was with a group of the media people the last time he talked, is that, uh, of course, he will have conversations with Bryant, with Rizzo, uh, with Baez, most likely with, um, uh, you know, the other guys that might be adult at this point and let them know where they stand uh, because there's no reason not to. And because these people are important to them, you know, a conversation with Kimbrell might take place. There's an option left on his contract for next year at $16 million. So I think they'll be sensitive to that. And I also think that um, it's a long shot when you do trade a guy that they do come back with free agency looming for all these guys. You know, Bruce, the Cubs are 6-6 six and six in their last 12 games. They're not playing terrible baseball. They're being competitive despite the fact that I think that we all know the realities. And David Ross kidded before the game on Friday. I'm okay with all the guys staying on the team, Ross said, and we know that's unlikely. So let's just go one by one, and, and you can share what you're hearing, what you think, and based on your experience – what's reasonable to expect. Javi Baez, let's go next, because in his last 15 games, Javi's getting hot. 
Four out of 15, we saw him homer in the first inning yesterday, bringing in Rizzo and Bryant, who were on base, and Cubs fans had a nice little nostalgic uh, trip through memory lane. Javi Baez, what are you hearing? How, how, much, uh, how much interest do you think there is in a guy who will become a free agent if he uh, isn't signed to a long-term extension that we have talked about as well? So, David, uh, mo- most of the contenders already have really good shortstops, okay? Uh, Oakland is a team that's an obvious fit for Javier Baez. Um, he uh, could go there and add some of the offense that they would definitely need. Uh, defensively, even though he's had a, a year where he's made 18 errors, which is uh, really way off for Javier Baez, he's still, to me, the guy that has the most range, uh, not only has the most range, but can uh, throw people out from the outfield like nobody in baseball. And he would be, and he's in the middle of a very hot streak right now where he is really lighting it up. Uh, I think the Oakland A's would be a, a terrific team for him to go to. Now, Cup fans say, well, why aren't you going to sign him? You know, he's only 28 years old. Um, he's one of the best shortstops in baseball. Well, you know, that... That has come and gone, and it's not going to get done here in the next couple of days. So from that perspective, you can bring him back after you trade him. Again, he'll be open to the other 29 teams as well. Is it realistic? Uh, John Heyman put out the figure $200 million, uh, no less, for Javier Baez. That probably sounds right when you consider uh, you know, what the Mets did in signing their superstar to a $340 million contract. Uh, is Javier Baez that much less of a player than their shortstop? And is it $100 million less? So um, $100 million probably won't, shouldn't shake you up right now. $200 million is like, it seems like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. Uh, I guess the question is, are the Cubs ready to make a commitment for the next seven years to Javier Baez as their shortstop and probably the face of their team? Good question, because John Heyman, my my jaw hit the floor earlier this week when we had him on the Mullion Haw show, said that it was in the $200 million range his his, uh, his cost would be for the next contract. We, we can debate that later. Let's continue on the should I stay or should I go theme. Chris Bryant is a name that everybody talks about, Bruce. On Thursday, I, I talked to some people close to the situation, and I got the sense that it was a matter of when, not if, and it might even be as early as this weekend. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Maybe not. Things change quickly. You know that. What's the latest on Chris Bryant in terms of the Cubs and finding a trade partner with prospects that match up? Because we saw what the Twins got for Nelson Cruz from the Rays. They got two AAA starters that they could plug into the rotation down the road, but they weren't necessarily top 10 prospects in their organization. What do you think? So uh, the National League East and uh, Chris Bryant, that's where you go, okay? You start with the Mets, and we're going to talk to Wayne Randazzo, the uh, one of the voices of the Mets at the, the bottom of the hour to talk about uh, that interest there in, in Bryant and other players because uh, they are also looking at uh, people like Escobar. New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, and the Washington Nationals are teams that you look at for Chris Bryant. Uh, what the, the Phillies and the Mets have to talk themselves into is are they a viable third wild card team? 
after the Dodgers and after the Padres. Uh, there's a lot of games between them uh, right now. Uh, is it Does it make sense to trade one of your top or two of your top young players for a shot at one of these guys right for Bryant right now, uh, knowing that your best the, the best possible outcome is making the second wild card if San Diego, the Dodgers, or the Giants stumble. And it would have to be a huge stumble right now for that to be uh, take place. So those are the teams you hear the most right now. I wouldn't be surprised. There's a couple other teams out there looking at uh, Bryant as well uh, in the American League. So from that perspective, uh, I'm not quite as sure as Bryant's going to go right away here. But uh, again, he seems to be the one that's mentioned the most as not being around after uh, July the 30th. Looking forward to talking to Wayne Randazzo, the Mets broadcaster, to find out just how much the Mets covet their top prospects. I think a shortstop prospect was mentioned in the latest trade rumor I saw, and you wonder if he's blocked by Liriano, and uh, and I just you, you wonder um, what, um, what 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 the situation is there in New York. But uh, I, I I don't I don't know that Chris Bryant. Um, it's realistic to think that he's going to be here beyond ne- next Friday, Bruce. I, I think uh, I'm sorry, Lindor. Uh, I, I was I said Liriano, Lindor. Right. Uh, in terms of the Mets. Let's go to Craig Kimbrell. He's the one who's probably the most tradable. You said last week it reported five teams had expressed an interest. Maybe that's a, a, a short list, Bruce, because this is a guy that you could plug into any equation and make yourself a better team. Right, and the attractive part about him, David, is he's controllable for next year. If you want to project you know, two playoff runs rather than one with Kimbrell at $16 million next year, uh, still in your control. Uh, that that's that's an an interesting thing, and that that's what makes him more marketable than any of the other players. And the fact that he could by himself change the fate of a team going down the stretch into the playoffs. Just think about Kimbrel coming out of your bullpen in the first playoff series and dominating. Uh, you know for one out in the eighth and uh, and three outs in the ninth. That's how good he's been. Uh, he, he's been the most dominant closer in baseball this year. He's back to being the Hall of Fame pitcher that he was. So with, with that $16 million option for the team in 2022, you have to get an awful lot back, and you have to get guaranteed young players pretty close to the big okay. league uh, team in order to make it that trade. Now, um, is it incumbent on Hoyer to get this trade done early because you don't want to get shut out at the end and all of a sudden the, the teams that look like they're um, interested in your guy all of a sudden go a different direction? Uh, that's, that's the tricky part of this. Do you wait to the end where some of these uh, top flight players usually go around uh, July 29th or the morning of the 30th? Or do you run... Uh, risking getting the top talent you want by not trading him a little bit earlier. Bruce, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the possibility that is right in front of us. We're talking about the White Sox exposing their need for bullpen help in Milwaukee last night. We're talking about the Cubs who have a closer for sale. And and I think that as much as I have talked about on the Mullion Haw show, the, the, the quirkiness, the, the dynamics that would be awkward when you have two closers who both – 
respond to that adrenaline and kind of need that ninth inning reality in Liam Hendricks and Craig Kimbrell. Could you envision a Sox-Cubs deal to bring Kimbrell to the White Sox and fortify a bullpen that needs some, some, some depth and quality depth at the end? Well, you know, on paper, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it sounds great. I mean, it, it, it gives you that one shutdown guy that you need to go along with uh, Hendricks at that back end. It, it makes a tremendous amount of sense. On the other hand, are you going to commit to 2022 with uh, two $16 million closers? Okay. Uh, you know, the, the economics of it is a little daunting, uh, knowing, putting it that way. But we know the White Sox are in the mode for winning a, a world championship in the next two years, three years. They want to be competitive and go all in uh, on that. So from that perspective, David, uh, I wouldn't say that's out of the, out of the realm of possibility. Uh, certainly you can get a better pitcher than Kimbrell as to who's set up or who closed, that would be a, that would be a fun conversation on a daily basis. And one that uh, would put Tony La Russa right back in the, uh, in the, yeah. in the uh, oh, shooting yeah. squares, you know, again, <laughs> of, uh, uh, you know, being the, the man on, well, why did you pitch Kimbrel when you had arrested Hendricks? You know, it, it, it would be fascinating, Bruce, but yeah. Well, it'd be, it'd be fascinating, but the toughest questions wouldn't be coming from us if that were the case. It would be coming from either Craig Kimbrell or Liam Hendricks. Yeah, you know, the beautiful thing for them is that they're, they're paid for the rest of their entire True. life. Yeah. Okay. Right. They have, you know, they have great wealth coming their way. So all they want to do, and you can tell by the, the way these guys have competed and gotten to this point, is they go out there and compete to win. And they can have a clear mind knowing that they're well taken care of for a long period of time. Bruce, before we get to other White Sox possibilities of things that you're hearing and reporting, I want to close out with the Cubs because of the three pitchers that I think are going to create some conversations in terms of trade interest, Zach Davies we talked about. Zach Davies in his last 15 games has an ERA of 3.12. This is somebody who has been traded before and could be traded as early as you know this week. Zach Davies, Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tapera. How would you evaluate the interest and possibility of them being on the move? So when you talk about the White Sox and the Cubs, I would say a, a more consistent possible trade would be for Chafin or Tapera, okay? Or okay. both, if you really want to give up a nice piece from your, uh, from your minor league system. You know, do you want to give up a burger or a sheets in a deal like that? Uh, do you want to give up... Uh, Stever, one of their top young uh, starting pitchers in a deal like that. Those, those are the type of things that make a little bit more sense probably than, than Kimbrell for the White Sox. And uh, I, I would say that's a great matchup. You know, Chafin uh, has been, you know, he hasn't given up a run uh, of his own for a long period of time. You know, it goes into like 27, 28 uh, different outings. So uh, he's been fantastic. And and Tapera, uh, you know, had a little injury, but he's been uh, just as remarkable. So when, when you talk about Sox and, Sox and Cubs, I think a, a trade could be made there. And uh, I think it makes an awful lot of sense if, if you look at the, what's coming back. If Chris Bryant is no longer going to be your third baseman and he's going somewhere else, does Jake Berger fit into uh, what you're looking for in the future? You know, that is that is mm. something that probably makes an awful lot of sense. But uh, there are a number of teams out there that would be looking for Chafin. 
and Tapura. I don't expect them not to be traded. I think they will be traded. And I think this is a time where a Jed Hoyer can really uh, haul in six, seven, you know, really top young players uh, that have a chance to play for the Cubs in the near future. And I think that's incumbent on him to try to do that in the next six days. You mentioned Jake Berger for the White Sox, the young rookie third baseman who has had a, a longer extended cameo here lately. You, we all know about Gavin Sheets, who has five home runs and limited action since coming up. These guys have had tremendous months of July. If I'm somebody trading with the White Sox, I'm asking about their availability. I'm probably asking about others who are highly rated in their system. What are you hearing about the White Sox and the tone and the tenor of those conversations in terms of their priority list, uh, the second baseman they're seeking, and maybe even some bullpen help? Well, they're going to have to give up someone of that, those, that caliber. And you look at it kind of like the Cubs had a look at it when they traded Torres for, uh, for Chapman, and that was the final piece to their championship. You're going to give up something that's going to hurt, okay? And it's going to hurt you down the line. But when you have Mancata at third base for the next four, five, or six years, uh, when you have Eloy and Robert uh, and, and you have uh, other young players coming in your organization, you're going to have to give up a Sheets. You're going to have to give up a burger if you want a really important piece to put in here uh, going down toward the deadline. So uh, don't hesitate if you think you can get pieces that, that take you to the World Series. That's why, uh, you know, at this point in time, you know, the White Sox have done such a great job of developing young players. You don't always develop them for your use. You develop them for right now, what's going on at this point in time, trying to win a championship and getting final pieces for that. I think everybody, you know, for the good of their own cholesterol, can give up a burger every now and then. It's not such a bad (laughs) idea. Uh, Although if I'm the White Sox, I would be very careful – in dangling your prospects one who i would be i don't use the word untouchable bruce but i would find most conversations to be a non-starter if they include uh, an executive asking for andrew vaughn i just think this is somebody who you look at three hits last night just reminded us of his possibility i would not be eager to have those conversations well those conversations will take place david but the answer will be no okay the White Sox will not trade Andrew Vaughn uh, because he is a big part of their future. And whether he's the first baseman of the future, the DH of the future, uh, the right fielder of the future, uh, you know, you have, you have the Cespedes kid coming on strong. So you can envision an outfield of Vaughn, uh, of uh, Eloy, of Robert, of Cespedes for a long period of time if you're, if you're Han or Williams and going, Boy, we hate to trade a left-handed power hitter like Sheets. This is going to be rough. It's going to be really difficult. But if it's a final piece to a puzzle and it brings you close, that much closer in your mind to a World Series, you consider those trades right now. Bruce, before we break, quick question. We don't mention your mean Mercedes in the context of trade conversations, but could he be somebody in, light, in spite of the drama of the past week that the White Sox – would throw into a deal? Would any teams have interest in a guy like that? Well, it would have to be an American League team. Obviously, he doesn't right. have a position of strength. So, um, you know, he would be a third catcher and a uh, and a DH and a uh, pinch hitter for somebody. Yeah, I think it's plausible, especially okay. because he has, he has stood up strong and he has hit well in the minor leagues now. 
and people already saw that he could uh, hit in the major leagues the first month. Now, uh, what would you give for him, and are you convinced he can make those adjustments that he has to make to major league pitching? Uh, those are the big questions. Great insight, Bruce, tapping into all of your experience, talking to people, and setting the scene for what's ahead in the next six days until we get to the trade deadline on July 30th. We'll continue that conversation with Wayne Randazzo, the Mets broadcaster, who might have some insight into what exactly the Mets need and how badly they, we, they will overpay maybe to get it. We'll talk to him next and Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Bruce Levine and David Haw here until 11 o'clock. And it's time now to go out to our guest hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find the pride of St. Charles East and North Central College, the Mets play-by-play broadcaster, Wayne Rendazzo. Good morning, Wayne. How are you? Good morning. I'm actually wearing a, a St. Charles East t-shirt right now as we speak. So it's uh, still in my blood. Not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> David, uh, I mean, uh, Wayne, you can uh, take the, the boy out of uh, Chicago, but you can't take the Chicago out of the boy. Welcome. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let, let's hop right to it. The New York Mets, who are leading, and it doesn't look like anyone wants to catch them in the National League East, are averaging uh, 3.9 runs per game, which is the second worst tied with St. Louis in all of baseball. Uh, the good news, of course, is they have great pitching, maybe the best in baseball. They only allow 3.7 runs a game. But uh, how badly do they need a bat, and uh, how well would a Chris Bryant fit into that role for the Mets? Well, it's a good question because I think that at this point where they are offensively is that they're better than they've been all season. That that number is an accumulation over the course of the whole year. But if you just look at the month of July, now you're looking at a team that's averaging over five runs per game this month. They're finally healthy offensively. They've got all their guys back for the most part, except Lindor got hurt right as soon as everybody else came back. And they're hitting a lot better. Alonzo's been hot. Conforto's hitting now. And there's there's a, a sense that this offense is doing what it should have been doing all along. This was one of the best offenses in baseball last year. And this year they've been one of the worst, but they haven't been healthy. So I think they, their need for a bat has lessened, except it, to me, the one place I would look now 
is shortstop because Lindor's got this oblique injury, and I would I would think the Mets would prefer to find someone who can play short for the time being and then move to third base later if that need is still there. So I would think a guy like Javier Baez or Trevor Story now makes a lot more sense for the Mets than Chris Bryant does. You know, Chris does give a lot of flexibility. He can play the outfield. The Mets don't have really any right-handed hitting outfielders except Kevin Pillar, who's largely coming off the bench. So all three of their starters are left-handed. So Bryant is intriguing, but I, I don't know if the Mets feel like right now that is the number one need for them. They still need more starting pitching. You know, Rich Hill was a, a good pickup for them, but uh, this is still a team that right now has three starting pitchers, four starting pitchers. They don't have a lot of depth there because of all the injuries they have suffered in the, in that department. That's interesting, Wayne. I, I think when you talk about the need that exists from a baseball perspective, it makes a lot of sense. I wonder... And maybe it's, it's out of town stupid, but it's just we're, we're not in New York. But you do wonder about the Mets, and it's New York and the splash factor, and Steve Cohen, and wanting to go out. And, and you know, Chris Bryan is considered to be one of the top guys on the market. There was the back page of the New York Post, Christmas in July. Uh, and and if, that, if that remains a possibility, how likely are the, are the Mets to – I don't want to say overpay, but the Cubs have to be picky because if there are other suitors, you want to get a top 10 prospect probably from the, the, the system. Would the Mets be willing to give up somebody of that caliber in their system? They might be willing to give up one. The Mets have probably six or seven really good prospects right now. And after that, when you get down to eight or nine, that it really starts to dip. The, the Mets do not have a deep farm system, but they do have, they have a pretty front-loaded one. And I, I could imagine that you can get one of those guys from the Mets in the right trade. But I don't know that they'll do it for a rental. They might need somebody else in that deal that's going to be under contract beyond this year. And if that is in the Cubs' direction, I think the Mets would be much more willing to part with some prospects if they got a guy like Kyle Hendricks, who is under team control beyond this year, than they would just trying to rent Chris Bryant or Baez or whoever else that would be just available to them for two or three months. I, I can't see the Mets overpaying at this point because they're trying to, as they're trying to compete and succeed, they realize they also have to continually develop players in their farm system. And if you're trading all those guys away, it's tough to do that. So I, I would be surprised if the Mets really unloaded prospects outside of maybe one of those top guys, which would make it difficult to, you know, overpay because I, I don't think that's what the Mets are going to do. I think they're going to be smart about it. Wayne, let me uh, throw this into the equation. Uh, if you believe in bundling and uh, addressing more than one need, what area would that be? And uh, would they, would the Mets be interested in adding a Chafin, Tapera, or even a Kimbrel to an already uh, good bullpen mix? Yeah, they might be. You know, the, the Mets bullpen has been good. You know, Edwin Diaz had a shaky couple of weeks recently. Uh, Trevor May has done a nice job for them. Aaron Loop is the only lefty they have in their bullpen. He's been terrific this year. He has not really all that far off from the numbers Andrew Chafin put up in the first half of this season for the Cubs. You know, Loop's kind of been right there with them. So uh, I think the Mets are pretty satisfied with their bullpen, but, you know, you always need more pitching. I, I think the Mets believe that. There's, you're one injury away from having a need in your bullpen. And if you do get into a spot where it's October and you're trying to compete for the pennant, you know, that, that relief options are always good to have. So could the Mets be enticed to grab one of those guys and, and bundle up? And, and would that make them 
trade a, a heavier price. It's certainly possible that the Mets would would think that way, but I think uh, for the most part they they're probably pretty settled in their bullpen right now, and that their biggest needs are definitely starting pitching and maybe another bat. So, Wayne, do you think it's more likely or, or less likely that by Friday's deadline, the Mets will make a major move in a trade? I, I think they will. I, I think that what you said before about making a splash and, and Steve Cohen, you know, throwing some money around and all that, you know, he had said recently that in terms of the luxury tax, that they're not going to go just one or two million over that they're going to fly right by it if that's what it takes because it does, you're still paying the same tax whether you're a million over or 15 million over. So he said basically that they're willing to go 10, 15, whatever over the luxury tax if that's what makes sense for them. And I, I believe that. I think that they will certainly look that way. The, the only drawback, I think, for them is trading prospects right now because they don't have that many, and I, I just don't think that they're going to trade more than one of them. Wayne, uh, what is the DeGrom factor? What, how do you feel he will come back? How do you think the Mets will use him? Uh, what Can you protect uh, Jacob DeGrom as you're going toward the end of the year and uh, not roll the dice about possibly losing the division because you were too protective? Yeah, it's, it's been a weird year for Jake. You know, if you look at the ERA leaders in the National League right now, He's not there anymore because he hasn't pitched enough innings to qualify. He's only thrown 92 innings this season. And uh, what could have been a historic year has been derailed a little bit by the fact that he has just had these really nagging injuries. He had flexor tendonitis, and he had a lat issue, and then he thought something was wrong with his back. And uh, now he's got forearm tightness that he's trying to come back from, and he's on the injured list again. So there's been nothing structurally wrong with him. Every time they've done an MRI, it's come back clean but he just hasn't felt right at times this year. And, you know, you wonder a couple of things. One is, is he throwing too hard too often? Is hitting 100 with such regularity becoming a, a, an issue of force and hurting his body? Uh, on the other side of that, is he just not willing to pitch through any pain right now because he's used to being the best pitcher in baseball, and if he's not feeling 100%, maybe he can't live up to that standard that he's created. And he doesn't want to mentally go out there and deal with the fact that he's not at his best and he can't dominate the way that he usually does. So there's a, a couple of questions there that I think you have to ask about where Jacob is right now. And aside from that, you know, at some point, do the Mets and does DeGrom step on the gas and say, you know, it's August, it's September, we're trying to win this thing. We need Jake out there every fifth day, whether he's feeling his best or not. You know, those are those are all things that I think will come up. But the, the good news for DeGrom is that there is nothing structurally wrong. And, and right now, I think the Mets can at least rest on the fact that they will have him pitch again at some point here soon and, and that he should be available to them to help them try to win the division and, and go beyond. Wayne, thanks so much for the New York Mets perspective. I really appreciate it. We're hearing a lot about their intentions, and it's great to get some clarity there. Yeah, and right, Wayne, and before Wayne, before you leave, tell David what a mistake he's made becoming a partner of mine on uh, Inside the Clubhouse since you were my, my first partner eight years ago for a while. And just, just, just let him know that this has been a big mistake for him. 
Well, I, I think when he wakes up every Saturday morning, he already realizes that. So I, I'm not going to rub it in. <laughs> thanks, Wayne. Wayne, have a, have a great right. one. Thanks thanks so much, you and uh, we'll, we'll talk Wayne to you soon. Take care. The, the Randazzler, <laughs> Wayne Randazzo for the New York Mets. And, Bruce, I can't wait now until 2029 when I'm calling Mets games. Well, you know, it's, it's something to look forward to. You, Howie Rose and Wayne. Yeah, that'll be great. And we have something else to look forward to, a tribute to a broadcasting legend here in Chicago when we come back on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. High and inside, chin music, a little chin music, take that hit for a ride. It's time for some chin music. Hey, Yon, how about a warning? Sure. Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> because sometimes in baseball, you've got to send a strong message, especially when someone has it coming. Each Saturday, David and Bruce come in high and tight with a response to something that deserves one, like this. To Don. Watch out. Oh, oh what are you doing? He threw him out of the ballgame. you got to be beeping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what, they have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. <laughs> that was Hawk Harrelson, of course. Nobody needs to know who that is. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Bruce Levine, David Haw here, and we are paying tribute to Hawk Harrelson. Nobody sent a stronger message than he did from the booth, Bruce, and he honored this weekend Ford Frick Award going into the Hall of Fame where he belongs. He is in Cooperstown. He was a 2020 recipient. They're honoring him this weekend. MLB Network, the ceremony will be televised 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Hawk entered the broadcast booth for the Red Sox in 1975 before joining the White Sox broadcast team in 1982. And the rest is baseball history. Congratulations to Hawk Harrelson, one of a kind, as authentic as they come. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a guy that I uh, became uh, close with and admired and uh, questioned and did everything that you do with a guy with Hawk's passion. Uh, that That's the one thing that uh, you'll always remember about Hawk is not pulling any punches and the passion that he brought to broadcast for White Sox baseball, which has been picked up beautifully uh, by Jason Benetti, along with his partner, Steve Stone, since Hawk left. Uh, Jason is one of the, the young and great broadcasters in the industry uh, with the versatility probably of a young Bob Costas. So his career is just going to keep skyrocketing from here. But uh, it's in good hands after being in the hands of Hawk and his partners over the years and the fact that uh, he was one of a kind, uh, uh, just a guy that would tell it like it is and uh, not be afraid to uh, take on a lot of uh, criticism and uh, take on some problems over the years. Nobody did it quite like Hawk, and that is what we hear in a nice video audio tribute from Russ Matera here at The Score. Congratulations, Hawk. 
Congratulations to Hawk Harrelson going into the Baseball Hall of Fame as a broadcaster, winning the Ford Frick Award. Hello. Hey, Ken. Uh, this is Tim Mead with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Hey, I just want to share some good news with you. You have been selected as the uh, 2020 Ford Team Frick Award recipient. Congratulations and welcome to the club. Oh, wow. of the White Sox, Mr. Hawk Harrelson himself. Did you really do all that stuff? I didn't do it. It was the Hawk. I would never have done the stuff that uh, that I did in my life, but I can see now in retrospect that the Hawk was my protector and he was my alter ego that, that was always around. Ken doesn't want anything to do. He's very introverted. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think all sports writers are qualified to write on the sport that they're covering? No. you got to be crazy. What I understand what it takes to what, deal Jerry, with these I've guys on a day-to-day basis. in this town who have forgotten more baseball than you will ever know. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. That is BS. Don't stop now, boys. Catbird seat. You gotta be bleeping me. Dad, give it. Take that, Burnsy. I know Melly's happy. Stretch. He gone. The will to win. Sox win. Sox win. Alexei. Yes. 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 History. Congratulations, Hawk, and thanks for the memories from all of us at Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Well done, Russ Matera. Nice tribute to Hawk sometime today. Later, Bruce, rather than earlier, you might want to raise a glass of Smirnoff and toast Hawk Harrelson going into the Baseball Hall of Fame this weekend where he belongs. Yeah, the Hawk, uh, he is very famous now for his comment. Of, Hawk, you know, I, I call him, you know, every three, four weeks and check in. said, uh, what are you doing now? He says, well, <clears throat> I'm watching, uh, you know, a Walker Texas Rangers reruns and turning uh, vodka into urine. And that's that's yeah. pretty much uh, that's pretty much my day. And uh, there, there's nothing, nothing better than talking to the Hawk and talking baseball with the Hawk. He's really a wonderful guy. Uh, I know Cub fans, other fans uh, didn't like him. Uh, I always said one thing about Hawk. You could, uh, you could like him, you could hate him, you could love him, you could despise him, but you could never ignore him. Uh, that was the, the true Hawk Harrelson, and uh, I am thrilled for him and his family going into the Hall of Fame, the broadcaster's wing today as it's being taped, and tomorrow it will be shown, as you said, at 11 o'clock. Um, on MLB Network, and then again a, a rerun of that at uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night as well on MLB Network. And uh, Hawk, uh, good for you. You got your due, and uh, you know thanks for the memories. It's been awesome. Looking forward to his speech. He kidded that he was going to raz Bob Euchre a little bit here. You know there'll be other people on that list, and it'll be a long one of people to thank. And 
and, and certainly, you know, we remember Hawk for a lot of things in this town. You forget that he tried uh, his hand at being an executive. He was the guy. No, we that, don't forget uh, about it. Okay. Well, I guess you don't. Without with Tony Lewis uh, back. White Sox suffered for yeah. uh, for a number of years after that with farm system wise and losing Larusa as your manager. So, as Hawk always says, probably the worst uh, worst thing I ever did uh, in baseball was uh, uh, fire Tony Larusa. But he won't he won't tell you the reason why. Uh, he said that's between him and Tony, and they've ironed things out over the years. Do, Steve Stone and him uh, had up and down relationship over the years. They straightened them each other out. You know, they straightened that relationship out. They're on very good terms. So Hawk leaves with a clean slate. And uh, happy trails to you, Hawk. Bruce, do you know why? Do you know the reason that Hawk is concealing why he fired Larusa back in no. the day? No, he said that's just going to stay between him and Tony. And uh, I guess that's where it's going to be. Uh, you know, I know he liked uh, Jim Fregosi, who was the AAA manager at Louisville, good friend, and he was anxious to get him to be his manager. I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, uh, but uh, we're, we're not going to find out, I don't think, from him or Tony anytime soon. Do you remember criticizing Hawk Harrelson for doing that at the time in your role? Do you remember coming at him I, yeah, hard I, I with do. a little chin I, I music do, yourself? But, I do, but, uh, you know, Tony, the, the team wasn't playing well. It had been disappointing for a couple of years after winning a division in 83. So uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Eddie Einhorn were talked into, uh, uh, you know, replacing uh, Roland Heeman, who was a fine general manager, and, and putting uh, Hawk right in that role. Well, the booth is where he belonged, and the hall is where he deserves to be, and he goes in there this weekend. Congratulations, Hawk Harrelson. And, Bruce, thank you for the last couple hours of baseball conversation. Thank you, Adam Sadinsky, for being the guy at the controls. Thank you to our guest, Chris Johnson, the Charlotte Knights hitting coach, and Wayne Randazzo, the Randazzler, the New York Mets broadcaster. Bruce, this was a lot of fun. David, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, our website, I write Cubs and Sox every day. 670thescore.com. I will talk to you next week, and maybe we'll have some new players to talk about on the north and south side of Chicago. And we will talk about those possibilities Monday morning, Molly and Haw at 5 o'clock. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.